0: Part 3, Chapter 9 of The Country House by John Goldsworthy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 9, Baloo Bows to a Lady. There was silence at the firs, and in that silent house where only five rooms were used, an old manservant sat in his pantry on a wooden chair, reading from an article out of Rural Life. There was no one to disturb him for the master was asleep and the housekeeper had not yet come to cook the dinner he read slowly through spectacles engraving the words forever on the tablets of his mind he read about the construction and habits of the owl in the tawny or brown owl there is a manubrial process the furcular far from being joined to the keel of the sternum consists of two stylets which do not even meet while the posterior margin of the sternum presents two pairs of projections with corresponding fissures between the old man-servant paused resting his blinking eyes on the pale sunlight through the bars of his narrow windows so that a little bird on the window-sill looked at him and instantly flew away the old man-servant read on again the pterological characters of photodylus seem not to have been investigated but it has been found to want the tarsal loop as well as the manubrial process while its clavicles are not joined in a furcula nor do they meet the keel and the posterior margin of the sternum has processes and fissures like the tawny section again he paused and his gaze was satisfied and bland up in the little smoking room in a leather chair, his master sat asleep. In front of him were stretched his legs in dusty riding boots. His lips were closed, but through a little hole in one corner came a tiny puffing sound. On the floor by his side was an empty glass, between his feet a Spanish bulldog. On a shelf above his head reposed some frayed and yellow novels with sporting titles written by persons in their inattentive moments over the chimney-piece presided a portrait of mr Jarrocks persuading his horse to cross a stream and the face of jasper bellew asleep was the face of a man who has ridden far to get away from himself and to-morrow will have to ride far again his sandy eyebrows twitched with his dreams against the dead white freckled skin above high cheekbones and two hard ridges were fixed between his brows now and then over the sleeping face came the look of one riding at a gate in the stables behind the house she who had carried him on his ride having rummaged out her last grains of corn lifted her nose and poked it through the bars of her loose box to see what he was doing who had not carried her master that sweltering afternoon and seeing that he was awake she snorted lightly to tell him there was thunder in the air. All else in the stables was deadly quiet. The shrubberies around were still, and in the hushed house the master slept. But on the edge of his wooden chair in the silence of his pantry, the old man-servant read, This bird is a voracious feeder, and he paused, blinking his eyes and nervously puckering his lips for he had partially understood. Mrs. Pendyce was crossing the fields. She had on her prettiest frock, a smoky gray crape, and she looked a little anxiously at the sky. Gathered in the west, a coming storm was chasing the whitened sunlight. Against its purple, the trees stood blackish green. Everything was very still, not even the poplars stirred yet the purple grew with sinister, unmoving speed. Mrs. Pendyce hurried, grasping her skirts in both her hands, and she noticed that the cattle were all grouped under the hedge. What dreadful-looking clouds, she thought. I wonder if I shall get to the firs before it comes. But though her frock made her hasten, her heart made her stand still. It fluttered so, and was so full. Suppose he were not sober. She remembered those little burning eyes which had frightened her so the night he dined at Worsted Skeynes and fell out of his dog-cart afterwards. A kind of legendary malevolent clung about his image. Suppose he is horrid to me, she thought. She could not go back now, but she wished, how she wished, that it were over. A heat drop splashed her glove. She crossed the lane and opened the firs gate, throwing frightened glances at the sky. She hastened down the drive. The purple was couched like a pall on the tree tops, and these had begun to sway and moan as though struggling and weeping at their fate. Some splashes of warm rain were falling. A streak of lightning tore the firmament. Mrs. Pendyce rushed into the porch, covering her ears with her hands how long will it last she thought i'm so frightened a very old man-servant whose face was all puckers opened the door suddenly to peer out at the storm but seeing mrs pendyce he peered at her instead is captain bellew at home yes ma'am the captain's in the study we don't use the drawing-room now nasty storm coming on ma'am nasty storm will you please sit down a minute while i let the captain know the hall was low and dark the whole house was low and dark and smelled a little of wood-rot mrs pendyce did not sit down but stood under an arrangement of three foxes heads supporting two hunting crops with their lashes hanging down and the heads of those animals suggested to her the thought poor man he must be very lonely here she started something was rubbing against her knees it was only an enormous bulldog she stooped down to pat it and having once begun found it impossible to leave off for when she took her hand away the creature pressed against her and she was afraid for her frock poor old boy poor old boy she kept on murmuring did he want a little attention a voice behind her said get out sam sorry to have kept you waiting won't you come in here mrs pendyce blushing and turning pale by turns passed into a low small panelled room smelling of cigars and spirits through the window which was cut up into little panes she could see the rain driving past the shrubs bent and dripping from the downpour won't you sit down mrs pendyce sat down she had clasped her hands together she now raised her eyes and looked timidly at her host she saw a thin, high-shouldered figure with bowed legs a little apart, ruffled, sandy hair, a pale, freckled face, and little, dark, blinking eyes. Sorry the room's such a mess. Don't often have the pleasure of seeing a lady. I was asleep. Generally am at this time of year. The bristly red mustache was contorted as though his lips were smiling. Mrs. Pendyce murmured vaguely it seemed to her that nothing of this was real but all some horrid dream a clap of thunder made her cover her ears bellew walked to the window glanced at the sky and came back to the hearth. his little burning eyes seemed to look her through and through if i don't speak at once she thought i never shall speak at all i've come she began and with those words she lost her fright her voice that had been so uncertain hitherto regained its trick of speech her eyes all pupil stared dark and gentle at this man who had them all in his power i've come to tell you something captain bellew the figure by the hearth bowed and her fright like some evil bird came guttering down on her again it was dreadful it was barbarous that she-that any one should have to speak of such things it was barbarous that men and women should so misunderstand each other and have so little sympathy and consideration it was barbarous that she marjorie pendyce should have to talk on this subject that must give them both such pain it was all so mean and gross and common she took out her handkerchief and passed it over her lips please forgive me for speaking your wife has given my son up captain bellew bellew did not move she does not love him she told me so herself he will never see her again how hateful how horrible how odious and still bellew did not speak but stood devouring her with his little eyes and how long this went on she could not tell he turned his back suddenly and leaned against the mantelpiece mrs pendyce passed her hand over her brow to get rid of a feeling of unreality that is all she said her voice sounded to herself unlike her own if that is really all she thought i suppose i must get up and go and it flashed through her mind my poor dress will be ruined Bellew turned round will you have some tea mrs pendyce smiled a pale little smile no thank you i don't think i could drink any tea i wrote a letter to your husband yes he didn't answer it. No. Mrs. Pendyce saw him staring at her, and a desperate struggle began within her. Should she not ask him to keep his promise, now that George was not that what she had come for? Ought she not? Ought she not, for all their sakes? Bellew went up to the table, poured out some whiskey, and drank it off. You don't ask me to stop the proceedings he said mrs pendyce's lips were parted but nothing came through those parted lips her eyes black as sloes in her white face never moved from his she made no sound bellew dashed his hand across his brow well i will he said for your sake there's my hand on it you're the only lady i know he gripped her gloved fingers brushed past her and she saw that she was alone she found her own way out with the tears running down her face. Very gently, she shut the hall door. My poor dress, she thought. I wonder if I might stand here a little. The rain looks nearly over. The purple cloud had passed and sunk behind the house, and a bright white sky was pouring down a sparkling rain. A patch of deep blue showed behind the fir trees in the drive the thrushes were out already after worms a squirrel scampering along a branch stopped and looked at mrs pendyce and mrs pendyce looked absently at the squirrel from behind the little handkerchief with which she was drying her eyes that poor man she thought poor solitary creature there's the sun and it seemed to her that it was the first time the sun had shone all this fine hot year Gathering her dress in both hands, she stepped into the drive and soon was back again in the fields. Every green thing glittered, and the air was so rain-sweet that all the summer scents were gone before the crystal scent of nothing. Mrs. Pendyce's shoes were soon wet through. How happy I am, she thought. How glad and happy I am and the feeling which was not as definite as this possessed her to the exclusion of all other feelings in the rain-soaked fields the cloud that had hung over worsted skein so long had spent itself and gone every sound seemed to be music every moving thing danced she longed to get her early roses and see how the rain had treated them she had a stile to cross and when she was safely over she paused a minute to gather her skirts more firmly it was a home field she was in now and right before her lay the country house long and low and white it stood in the glamorous evening haze with two bright panes where the sunlight fell watching like eyes the confines of its acres and behind it to the left broad square and gray among its elms, the village church. Around, above, beyond, was peace, the sleepy, misty peace of the English afternoon. Mrs. Pendyce walked towards her garden. When she was near it, away to the right, she saw the squire and Mr. Barter. They were standing together looking at a tree, and a symbol of a subservient underworld the spaniel john was seated on his tail and he too was looking at the tree the faces of the rector and mr pendyce were turned up at the same angle and different as those faces and figures were in their eternal rivalry of type a sort of essential likeness struck her with a feeling of surprise it was as though a single spirit seeking for a body had met with these two shapes and becoming confused decided to inhabit both mrs pendyce did not wave to them but passed quickly between the yew-trees through the wicket-gate in her garden bright drops were falling one by one from every rose-leaf and in the petals of each rose were jewels of water a little down the path a weed caught her eye she looked closer and saw that there were several oh she thought how dreadfully they've let the weeds I must really speak to jackman a rose-tree that she herself had planted rustled close by letting fall a shower of drops mrs pendyce bent down and took a white rose in her fingers with her smiling lips she kissed its face 1907 end of chapter nine end of the country house